Judge. And Jacob DeGrom are now officially on the free agent market. Shohei Otani may or may not be available via trade. Baseball's offseason has commenced. The general manager's meetings begin today in Vegas. And our Ben Nicholson, Smith, and Shai Davidi are down there. Shai Davidi joins us in a few minutes. Jeff Passan joins us as well later on in the last half hour of our final regularly scheduled 11 to noon show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We will, of course, be making pit stops whenever the news requires it. Pit stops on the radio station. We'll be doing pods, all sorts of stuff in the offseason to keep you informed. And then Kevin Barker, when the spring rolls around, sometime around spring training, we'll be back on in our regular slot. My question to you as we start our look ahead to next season, how different do you think, Kevin, the Blue Jays will look when they report to Dunedin than they did when we saw the Seattle Mariners celebrating on the turf at Rogers Center. Do I think or do what, what they have to be? Oh, I can tell you what they have to be. They have to have more depth. How much different? Quality depth. Okay, in, how in much the, different? The, how much? What are, what are we talking about here? Your gut. Your gut. Guys who won't be here. I, we don't know who is going. Obviously, we don't know who will be here. I mean, a bunch of things can happen. We can guess about trades and free agents right now, and maybe we'll do that. But who do you think won't be here? Give me your, your guess. Well, I would say one of the corner guys, T. Oscar, would be the first guy to come to mind. You would think of a guy that you could get some things with, maybe with the Marlins who are looking for some bats. Uh, there's been rumblings of they might give up some arms. It's not just arms anymore. Like, you, you can't see the Trent Thorntons of the world. You, you, to have championship seasons, the American League East, with the way that right now the bar is set so high in Houston, that that's the team you're looking to beat. Like, you're thinking about if how can I match up against that team and beat that team. They're not going anywhere. I mean, even if Verlander doesn't come back with that team, do you really think right now this Blue Jays team can match up against that team? My best against your best. Right now you'd say no to that. So, for me, it's got to be quality. It's got to be quality depth. Uh, if you think you got more pitching, go out and get more pitching. Like they're just – I'm not sure, you know, unless you're just looking for some minor pieces like a Brandon Nemo, maybe a guy that can play center. I ain't spending a ton of money just because there's not that true, uh, you know, Jordan Alvarez guy who can hit in the middle of your order, who's left-handed, who can impact games. They just don't – they're just not out there. It's just – it's impossible to find. So you would think you try and find power. You try and find right-handed power. Uh, again, we talked about this yesterday. What the Astros told you is the righties can get lefties out when it when it matters the most if you can throw an elevated fastball for strikes. You can do that. Do it with some power. You can get some left-handed hitters out. So the Tim Mazes of the world and some guys that you think you don't have to to you know be on your team. I'm not saying Tim Mazes is not a good pitcher, but are you trying to win a World Series or are you trying to make the playoffs? For me, that's the question. And coming into spring training, it's got to like you got to see some horses walking by us and going, oh, look at that dude. That dude throws a bazillion. That's awesome. And you got to say that more than one time. Maybe two or three times so that would be mine and I would think it would start with Teoscar and right field there'll be some rumblings there of how do you get it you have to give up something you're not have to, you're not going to be able to go out and buy it I would think all the time you're gonna have to make some trades and the obvious guy I would think would be Teoscar well you know here, here here's the thing the deepest position in the free agent 
pool this year for position players is shortstop. By far. I mean, we know the names. To sign any of those guys, you're probably looking at a minimum $200 million investment over multiple years. You have Bo Bichette at shortstop. Yes, you could have the discussion with Bo about moving to second and signing one of those shortstops. Here's the thing, though. One, it doesn't address your balance, the balance of your lineup. And I understand Trey Turner, is. if you take Trey Turner or Carlos Correa, you're going to be... You're going to be fine. You're not necessarily going to worry about lefty or righty. It's going to cost you a lot of money. If you want to re-sign Vladdy and or Bo, you're already looking at investing that much money, probably as much as it'll cost you to sign a free agent, maybe a little bit less uh, in terms of Bo. And the other thing with Bo and Lourdes Goriel Jr., if you look at the... The numbers right now. This team's payroll currently, currently there are nine players under contract earning $128,792,000 with the Blue Jays. That's nine players. Most projections say that the Blue Jays will be on the hook for upwards of $63 million in arbitration salaries. That's if they sign everybody they currently have. So that takes your payroll close to 200 million last year's payroll was 141 million just slightly less by the way just slightly less than the astros and just slightly less than the braves and the reason i mention this is you can win a world series and you can contend without needing a 200 million dollar payroll but my point is this kevin the jays are in kind of an interesting situation here because the two players who were giving them their best value are Lourdes Goriel Jr., who is only going to make, what, $5.4 million next year? And Bo Bichette, who in arbitration, most people think will make someplace around $6 million. That's a lot. Or I, I should say, you're getting a lot of war for relatively limited financial outlay. And that's the issue with the Blue Jays, is they're two most valuable I think they're two most valuable players in turn a bang for your buck in, in, in terms of bang for your buck. Those are probably the players that are going to interest teams in trades, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. looking to find value. So I think the Jays are in a situation here where they're probably going to have to move Tay Oscar to get a left-handed bat in there somehow. I think their major acquisitions are going to have to be by trade. I mean, I'm looking at, at, at the free agent class out there. There's Michael Conforto, Michael Brantley coming off an injury. Those are kind of the lefty-hitting outfielders. Josh Bell is a switch hitter. J.D. Martinez, I guess, is a DH. I mean, those are kind of the lefty bats. Brandon Nemo, those are kind of the lefty bats available. On, on the free agent market. So I think if you're going to add that impactful bat, if you're the Blue Jays, maybe assign one of those guys. Maybe you go back and revisit Michael Brantley or Michael Conforto, and maybe you make your trade, Kevin, to try to add more balance. But in and around all that, in and around all that, is what do you do with the pitching? Because you're, you're married to Jose Barrios. Uh, you've got Yusei Kikuchi for another two years. Hyunjin Ryu isn't going to pitch this year. The the only thing you know going into the season, and Ross Stripling is going to leave as a free agent, the only thing you know going into the season 
is that you got Mano and Gossman. So <laughs> there's a lot. I, I, I think I think there's more work to be done. We haven't even touched on the bullpen, Kevin. I think there's more work to be done than we may have thought. Yeah, well, it would make a ton of sense. Again, good GMs, what do they do? They take care of what-ifs. We talked to a lot of – Dan O'Dowd comes on our show quite a bit, and he mentions you take care of the what-ifs in the offseason. What, what if an Alec Manoa misses two months? Then what? Like that. These are the things. I know it's a lot to ask because of where your bullpen's at. Jordan Armando, do you think he can duplicate this year or next year what he did this year and do it with a little bit more of not so many sliders, right? Making adjustments in the offseason. Do you think the ninth inning solidified? I don't. I don't think you can win a World Series with John, Jordan Romano closing. He's going to be in your bullpen because he can throw really hard and you get lefties out. That's a big deal. We've seen that. You see that power place. You locate it somewhat. You can play that, make some adjustments on usage of pitches. It's just look, – look, look, we know this going into this thing is – the left-handed bat, the balance is going to be hard to get. There's just not enough names out there that move the needle. But you can not make free, a – Not in free agency. Not in free agency. Things that move the needle? Like things that say, okay, uh, he warrants hitting in front of Vladdy and behind George Springer? I'm saying, yeah, in free agency, so. there isn't anything that moves the needle. You're going to have yeah, to trade yeah. for that left-handed bat. Yeah, Who and, knows and, who's available? Uh, well, absolutely, and you're wondering, would they trade one of the three catchers? Doesn't sound like it, right? They're sort of married to what those three guys are bringing and what Alejandro Kirk has given you when you need rest and you need the other two. So that'll be an intriguing part of it. Do you like Bo enough to think that you can win a World Series? I do. I think it's okay there if you add better pitching, some more swing and miss stuff, right? That's what the, the Astros do. That's what, one of the main reasons for me why they won the World Series. They didn't let the Phillies put the ball in play. That's a big deal, right? You take the emphasis off some of the woes that you have defensively in left field and at first base and some situations that you just don't want the ball put in place. So it's right in front of you. Like, you, you, there, there's enough of this thing about spinning the baseball. It's not going to work. Like, uh, we, we've seen it. We've seen the Blue Jays try this where it's spin it first and, and then you try and have a manager and a pitching coach always make the right move. Jeff, when does that ever happen? When, when do you ever see a manager? We talk about managers messing things up all the time. So just be interesting to see. You need a lot. If you think you got enough, get more. Let's bring in Shai Davidi, our MLB insider with Sportsnet, who is in Vegas. And has got, well, I was going to say he's gotten up early for us, but that's not true. I'm sure Shai's been out and already done his 40K run for the morning, haven't you? But only 5K, not 40. That's, uh, that's ambitious. <laughs> uh, so, Shai, I'm looking at the numbers here, you know, the various sites that do projections and everything like that, and I know you've looked at them as well. And essentially, if you want to bring this whole team back, and I don't know why the Jays would, but if you wanted to bring this whole team back, you're looking at something close to $200 million. That's not going to happen, is it? I'm not sure it won't happen. The, I went through an exercise when I wrote kind of my piece looking at the, G, the Jays entering the GM meetings and all that, and you just kind of break down the roster. And, you know, I think you want to, in an ideal world, make some change, but... It's going to be, I think, challenging for them to make change that isn't just change for the sake of it, but actually makes you better in some way, shape, or form, right? Because they're locked in pretty much everywhere except for the rotation and maybe a bullpen spot or two. And the, uh, getting the upgrades 
it's either you're going to pay a lot in trade or you're going to pay a lot in free agency. And unless, you know, so, so I think if they're going to make any sort of substantial difference, it's got to be via trade in some way, shape, or form. And pulling off trades, obviously you need a partner. So it's not just simple saying, hey, I'll, I'll, let's go get this guy and, and it's over. So I, I think the Jays are, not that they're in a bad spot, far from a bad spot, but they're in a bit of a tricky spot because this offseason they don't have very much flexibility, both in terms of financial and the roster. And if you're going to make a trade, like you're probably going to be trading a good player off your big league roster. So you better be sure you get someone who's just as good and who fits your needs a little bit better. Shai, you would think the obvious name would be Teoscar. Is there another name that we don't really talk about that you would not be surprised that gets traded for whatever they need? Yeah, I mean, I think Te- I think you're right there on Teoscar. I also look at the catching situation, and you know, it, it's going to be really difficult for them to go into next season with all three guys and then be in a position to optimize them because you're not going to be optimizing all three guys unless somebody gets hurt. And, uh, you know, if you've got three of them on the big league roster, it means Gabriel Moreno is probably moving around a little bit. You're using them at DH probably a little bit more than you would like. It's just not, not a clean fit. And, you know, I, I've written this a couple times. I was talking to a couple people yesterday. And you just look at the, the Blue Jays and the Cardinals, and it just seems like there's a bit of a natural match there. The Cardinals have a lot of good outfielders who, who fit the Blue Jays. The, they need a catcher to replace Yadi Molina. Uh, the, there's just, there just seems to be a, a bit of a match there. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, the Cardinals could certainly go to the free agent market, try to get Vasquez, Christian Vasquez, or something along those lines. But it, it, that's, that's sort of the area that I'm, I'm looking at. And I, if, if you kind of look at the way they're positioned in the farm system, you know, beyond making some, you know, guys on the fringes of the 40-man roster type uh, type of moves, I'm not sure they want to deplete from the system a little bit more. You know, they got a good restock last year with in the draft with the two extra comp picks, and you know, they're just starting to to build that back up. And my my sense right now, and this could obviously change, but my sense is that they're a little bit reluctant to subtract further from from that at, at this point in time. You know, Shai, when I look at this, uh, when I when I when I look at this roster, and I, and I look at some of the, you know, the sort of the, the contracts that we're going to be talking about, um, and it seems to me one of the issues here, and it's it's not necessarily a when I say issue, I don't think it's a bad issue. The Jays are getting a lot of value out of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Bo Bichette, even if Bo makes six million dollars in arbitration or whatever he gets. Uh, and Gurriel, something like what is he? Is he still under six million? They get a lot of value out of those. Yeah, they get a lot of value out of those two guys. Uh, and and part of the, the, it seems to me that that would make them attractive to other teams. If you're talking about making a sizable deal, in return, teams are going to want players that give them some value. And 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 that's one of the issues I see with this team is you can't move the guys that might get you the biggest return, right? Because I don't know. that Teoscar, Teoscar's a year away from free agency. And you know as well as I do, there's a kind of a value or a cost attached to that, an acquisition cost. That, that That's the one thing that kind of concerns me about, about where the Jays are. And I guess, you know, Alejandro Kirk, you can put him in, the, in there as well because he's certainly a cost-effective player. 
Uh, and that's something the Jays are going to have to deal with, isn't it? The fact that uh, you know they they have <laughs> they've got some really good value uh, in in a couple of positions. Well, I mean the and the 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 salary efficiency is disappearing, right? Because you've got a bunch of players. Uh, it, the biggest tickets being Bo Bichette and Jordan Romano, who are transitioning from pre-arb. Uh, controllable salaries to arbitration salaries this year. And uh, those two guys will cost the Blue Jays uh, upwards of, of $10 million, where last year they were about 1.5. So mm-hmm. that's a huge hit right there, just those two guys alone. Alejandro Kirk is still pre-arb for one more year, but that's, again, that that's going get to get pricey in a hurry. And, you know, one of the reasons I think the Blue Jays are in a situation where they've got to be very careful with their young players is – uh, because the roster is going to be very weighted quite heavily towards players either on guaranteed contract or in the arbitration years. Uh, and they don't have the the group of pre-R players to help balance that out. So I think the Jays are going to be looking to cycle in a few more guys in that way over the next couple of years to, to bring a little bit more balance to the payroll and allow, allow them to get a little bit more top-heavy in, in that fashion. So I, I think you're right. Uh, I think it, the, with Gurriel, like it is a nice guaranteed number. Thing is, there are questions with him coming off the, the Hammett injury and whether the, that power is going to come back. And is he just you know an average guy right now, or is he a power guy? I think that would. Uh, he's also got one year of control left, so right. that that uh, deflates the value a little bit. And then, you know, with Teoscar Hernandez, it's it's a big ticket, but it's also a big bat. So I think that market, I think there's, there's a piece there that certainly plays for clubs. You know, I think in an ideal world, the Jays would be looking to, you know, maybe turn Teoscar into, you know, a left-handed version of himself. Uh, or maybe that's how you address either bullpen or pitching in some way, shape, or form. Shy, how confident do you think they are in Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi to turn the corner, be better than they were last year? Because let's be honest, that, that would really help, right? If, if Ross knew that, you know, it was a little thing, you tweak it, you could fix it, give some more confidence, we'll see the best Yusei and Jose that they can possibly see. You think they're banking on that and, and they're confident about that? On Barrios, yes on Kikuchi less so and you know the impression that I've gotten and nobody said this clearly yet but this is at least the the impression I'm under is that they, they have to get two starters this offseason right and I think you need if you're not resigning Ross Stripling then you need someone who's capable of giving him something along the lines of what he provided and then maybe for you know your fifth starter you're bringing in maybe a, a rebound type guy or maybe someone on a minor league deal who competes with Kikuchi and Mitch White in spring training. And you're like, okay, well, best guy gets the job. And the other two guys are giving us depth in some way, shape or form. Uh, that, that might be one way to do it. And I don't think that it's not that they don't believe in UC Kikuchi because I think everybody around the team is like, look, if the stuff clicks, like it's got a chance to be really good. It just, he showed, uh, uh, given what he showed last year, you just can't bank on it. And I don't think the Blue Jays want to bank on it. And maybe how the offseason plays out forces them into the position where they have to take their chances on that. But I don't think that's something they want to do. And that's not how they feel about Barrios. Barrios, this really feels like an outlier. 
uh, I wonder if they're going to really just can break down his delivery a little bit more thoroughly and make sure that there isn't some tell in there that, you know, maybe a handful of teams have discovered. Uh, because, like, you just look at his stuff, everything there still still plays, still makes sense. He obviously competes well and all those things. Is there is there something that he was giving away to the other clubs that led to some of that damage? Uh, or maybe is it just, you know, just a strange year and you turn the page and next season's a little bit different. So uh, I don't I don't think there are concerns about Barrios, but I don't think they're going to be banking on Katucci either. Shy, obviously the bullpen is going to be a focus mm-hmm. for the Blue Jays. And I'm wondering if you if you've been able, I understand you've just been down there for a day or so, but there there are going to be shift restrictions this year in baseball. Is that going to do you think put a greater emphasis on swing and miss stuff for every team, not just the Blue Jays, but for every team? Because you're not going to be able to disguise either your defensive or your pitching weaknesses or tendencies by loading up on one side anymore. Yeah, and the the other thing that it's doing right now in the market is, you know, teams aren't looking at sort of the numbers last year and the performance last year and saying, yeah, okay, this is what he is. They're trying to take the contact patterns against a pitcher and then trying to project that against or on a shiftless defense and then trying to assess what that looks like. And so some guys who maybe have some screwy numbers uh, may get paid a bit more than some guys with better numbers just because of how they may project against a shiftless uh, backdrop versus uh, a shift backdrop. So it's a it's going to make for a really interesting market, both for for pitchers and for position players, uh, because all these left-handed hitters who just had all these outs gobbled away by the shift, uh, all these hits, sorry, got, uh, taken away by the shift, are suddenly going to maybe a bit more in demand because they're going to start finding holes again, and uh, they might be a bit more effective. So it's it's going to be a really weird market in trying to with teams trying to guess at what a hitter is going to look like in the new landscape. And it could create some pretty weird contracts. At least, uh, at least that's the initial impression of a few people I've spoken to. Shy, I'm wondering, taking a look at the Jays internally, because let's face it, I don't think they're going to be able to go out and bring in six guys in the bullpen who are going to throw 103 miles an hour. I, I just don't think that's, that's necessarily going to happen. But, um, you know, a couple of guys that intrigue me. One, Zach Pop, and we've talked about Zach Pop. I really think there's something there, and I think there's something that, that I think the pitching lab is going to have an awful lot of fun uh, with Zach Pop. But also Nate Pearson. Are we at the point now, and I'm not saying we're going to count in Nate Pearson, but Nate Pearson's going to make – if Nate Pearson makes this team as a reliever – and can contribute, can be a guy that brings a little bit of velo. That could be a huge, huge, huge boon for this team, couldn't it? Yeah, and it's really interesting because the Jays, they have a handful of these power arm types who just haven't, for one reason or another, made it. I mean, you mentioned Pearson. Zach Pop is absolutely in that mix, and you know, I'm with you. I think 
a full off season and some pitching lab work for him. And he can be super because He should be getting way more swing and miss with his stuff than, yes. than he has. He should, he shouldn't just be a ground ball guy. Uh, so he's really interesting. Obviously Julian Merriweather has been around and it's, again, he's just sort of just been perennially tantalizing and just out of reach. And, but that, that stuff, you can't argue with it. Hagen Danner is at the Arizona Fall League right now, and I had someone from another team text me after seeing him and was just like, he might be the best arm that he'd seen in the AFL in a one-inning stint. So he's he, he missed all the last season with, with injury, or most of the last season with injury. So he, he's an interesting guy. The guy Kyle Johnson, uh, who came back in the Daniel Hudson trade a few years ago, has kind of bounced around. And uh, another guy with, you know, mid to, to upper 90s who, you know, for one reason or another, just ended up not having a, a great season last year with Buffalo. But that stuff is there. So they have some of that, that big arm, the, the natural velo. But how many of those guys can they hone and turn into productive big leaguers? And if you get, you know, two, three of those guys, then all of a sudden that bullpen looks really, really different. And, and now you're talking. But, you know, counting on that and banking on that to happen is, is dangerous. And, you know, the Blue Jays have had some swing and miss uh, in terms of, uh, you know, guys, the, their signings in the bullpen in recent years. And it hasn't played out quite the way they needed to. Obviously, Jimmy Garcia did a great job. That was a, an important signing for them. But they needed another Jimmy Garcia. And uh, if they get something like that, then you get one or two guys emerge from your system, then they're going to be in a much better place. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to go out and, and get everybody. And a lot of times you produce those guys and they have the bodies, but now they've got to finish and graduate a couple of those guys into the bullpen. Last thing before we let you run a little bit of housekeeping here. Do, do we have any indication yet as to the composition of the Jays coaching staff? We know uh, John Schneider has said uh, that, uh, well, kind of paraphrasing, he would like everybody back, but there seems to have been an indication that there, that there might be some change in roles or some adjustment in roles. Have you heard anything further on that? Nothing might there definitive. be some interviews at the GM's meeting? I, I, I don't know about that. Like, uh, I'm not sure if John Schneider's here or not. Uh, I, I know a lot of the Blue Jays front office is here, uh, but I haven't. Uh, I don't know if, if John Schneider's here or not. I'll find that out a bit later today. The a lot of those guys uh, have contracts for next year, so I, I'd expect. I'd still expect the majority of them back, but I, I do think there could be some shifting. I, I wonder if they might. You know, change or have some sort of adjustment of roles, at least on the hitting side, and uh, maybe there's just a, a bit of a different mix. Maybe they add another body there. Uh, that that's certainly one possibility, uh, but uh, nothing definitive yet. Uh, and I, I wonder too, and or maybe I'd even expect there to be uh, you know a different uh, bench coach for John Schneider. Casey Kandel did a great job coming up from AAA. Uh, but that's a role where, you know, the manager should have someone that he's, you know, got a long history with. And, you know, maybe it could be Casey Kandel, but Casey does a lot of player development stuff too for, for the team beyond just managing the Bisons. And uh, I wonder if he ends up back in sort of that side of things and, and somebody else ends up as uh, as the bench coach. Shai, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. Mm-hmm. I know you and Ben Narden will keep us informed. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy Vegas and travel safely. Thanks, Shai. Appreciate appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Play it. Yeah. That's Shai DeVitti, our MLB insider with Sportsnet. And uh, we appreciate Shai's contributions to this show 
and indeed to this podcast uh, all season long. It, it I, I think Shy laid it out perfectly, Kevin. I, I, I think if, if you're the Jays, if you're going to make a big move, it's going to be via trade, and then maybe you you know maybe you fill in fill in the blanks a little bit with free agency. But the point about the shift is interesting too, because the one thing we do know, you can track where balls have gone when they've been put in play. And I, I think Shy is right. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of teams looking at lefty hitters, and they're going to say, okay, this is where their balls were hit into the shift. That shift won't be in play next year, theoretically. That would lead you to believe that those guys may get a few more hits, and conversely, that hitters or pitchers whose numbers don't, you know, whose numbers look good, well, they may in fact actually not be as good next year without the shift. I mean, it is, it's, it's certainly more than a wrinkle. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there's no question. And if I'm a hitter, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more apt to shorten up and, and not try and go back like City all the time. Like, I'm not going to try and hit it over the shift. I can shorten up. I can choke up. I can try to go the other way. I can try and shoot the hole. I can try and not strike out. Imagine that. Somebody in the big leagues in 2023 trying not strike out because there's not somebody standing over there. Kev, so, yeah, can you, just off the top of your head, is there a Jays hitter in particular you think – that might be helped by the disappearance of the shift? Yeah, they're all right-handed. <laughs> so correct, I, correct, I, correct, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure uh, that that would take some digging into. I, I mean, uh, is that going to change their mindset of trying to do damage in any other certain count because of the way defenses are standing. I, I don't think so. Like, uh, m- most of the right-handed hitters, right, uh, is that going to change Bo? Would that change Springer? Would that change Flatty? The answer to all three of those is no. It, would that change Alejandro Kirk? No, he's well, a line-to-line line guy. Uh, yeah, Matt Chapman needs a trigger. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I've been saying that forever. I don't think he has that has anything to do with the shift. I just think he gets sometimes, for me anyway, very stale, statuesque. He tries to start from a from a standstill, and when you do that, trying to catch up the velocity, that's why they throw him fastballs up a lot because he has a tough time catching up to those. So I don't think where the defense is standing has anything to do with that. I just think it's beaten to the dude to the spot. Can you do it mechanically a little bit better? And then there's everybody else. Like, I... Is that going to change Danny Jansen's swing? No, he's a pull hitter. It's up the middle to the pull side. I mean, the, the, where the defense is standing. Now, if you do something to make a, a manager change up who he's bringing in because that dude's left-handed, yeah, now all of a sudden you may put some dudes in some uncomfortable spots of where they want to catch the baseball and where they want to throw it from. But if you're an opposing manager, are you doing that against the Blue Jays? I Ross Atkins has got his work cut out for him. Like there's some there's some obvious holes for this team, right? It's can you you count on George Springer playing however many games the center and who's catching every day and who's closing and you know if one of the big two goes down then what in the rotations? There's a lot of questions to be answered. Aaron Judge, Jacob Degrom, Shohei Otani. Could they all be on the move this offseason? Jeff Passon of ESPN joins us next, and we'll get to your texts and your tweets. I asked you last night and this morning to give me your Jays wish list. I'm going to run through a bunch of them quickly when we come back. Then we'll get to Passon. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
season, doing pods during the off season. Yeah, we may have a few little surprises thrown in here and there as well. But we'll be back on here uh, for spring training next year. We've already spent the first half of the show talking to Shia Davidi about how different the Blue Jays may look at that time. I asked you on social media. Uh, to give us your Blue Jays wish list. And first of all, thank you very much for the kind words uh, a lot of you have sent in to Kevin and myself. Uh, everybody's wish list looks the same. <laughs> Cheryl Fullerton, longtime listener, she wants two starting pitchers, and she wants to see Nate Pearson and Hagen Danner coming out of the bullpen. She wants a solid lefty bat in the outfield. And she also wants the team opening up the player development complex, the fans at spring training. Ah. And I'm on board. I am too. I'm on board with with Cheryl on that. It's that a, place is wonderful. Like Go to spring training. That's that's spring training. Anyhow, it's, it's uh, wonderful. Cheryl's wish list. Uh, Peter on Main says he'd like to see a six two one hundred ninety five pound left handed first baseman from Bristol, Virginia. Boom. Um, this is kind of interesting here, Michael. And again, thank you for the kind words, Mike. I want to see something risky. <laughs> it would be prudent but boring to run back the same roster. I want to see, or he says, I think a big free agent signing is unlikely. I think the farm system is just okay. Not great. That means trading valuable players from the major league roster to get good pitching a left-handed bat in the center fielder. Michael wants to see something risky. He wants to see them go all in with the free agent. I... It would be, in order for them to do that, Michael, I think you're looking at a guy like Bo being dealt. And I just I just don't see that. I just don't see that. Is it risky getting rid of Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Is that risky? Because of how much he makes? I mean, no. I, I don't consider that necessarily uh, necessarily a risky move. Uncle Dropsy, his Blue Jays wish list. A power lefty or switch hit bat would be nice. But definitely pitching and more pitching. Scour mm-hmm. the planet for arms to upgrade the bullpen. Build no on JR and Simber. I don't mind him, but with more velo, less herky jerky trickery. That from Uncle Dropsy. Give yeah, Snyder it, some no brainers. He doesn't have those. Now you're right. I mean we've we have we have talked about that. The, the Wadi wants a healthy Nate Pearson. Three or four flamethrowers for the bullpen, a lefty <laughs> bat to keep everyone quiet. But this is and, – and the Waddy's point is well made. That lefty bat has got to be much better than what he's replacing. And I think what he's saying is, hey, if you're going to move to Oscar, don't get a lefty bat that is a work in progress. Like, that's the thing. And I do the same thing. I'll, I'll say the same thing with the pitching. Um, I, I, you know, enough works in progress. I understand you're going to have to take some gambles. I understand that, you're gonna, especially in the bullpen. You're probably going to need to bring some guys in. You're going to have to reach for some guys. I'm fine with that, but not a whole bunch of them. Like I, the, I just, I just don't want to have to bring in. Yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want five guys that we're going to be saying, "Boy, let Pete Walker work his mouth." I'd like to give Pete Walker a little bit of a break this this spring training. I'd like to give Pete Walker some arms that he can look at and go, "Yeah, that's pretty good." I think you I might I think, focus on this other guy instead. I, I think all you were begging with the Nate Pearson thing too. Well, I don't know about begging. Kevin, what begging? Can he come? Why can't he come in and help the bullpen? We're not talking about a closer. We're talking about a guy who can have give you some velo out of the bullpen. Until you see it. What? Well, you, ten, you have ten, as much. Ten innings in winter ball, that, that excites you? 
yeah. Anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I, you know, let's not make that big a deal at a Nate Pearson. If he's here, he's here. If he isn't, it'll just be another baseball season. Uh, we talked about this, the off season moving past the Blue Jays in, in a broader, a broader sense. Aaron Judge, Jacob DeGrom, Shohei Otani, just about every shortstop in the game for the most part. It seems like there's a lot of transformative big-name players and pitchers out there available. Jeff Paston is ESPN's MLB insider. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for your patience as we prattled on about that. Um, before we talk about Judge and DeGrom, Shohei Otani, how does... How does uh, how do the Angels play this? Like, do they just kind of wait and solicit offers? Are they soliciting offers? Do very early, very early in the process, do they tell teams we're not interested? How do how do they play this with Otani? Because two guys in one, right? Yeah, I mean, Perry Manassian, the Angels general manager, came out at the GM meetings yesterday and said, "We're not trading Shohei Otani." Uh, do you believe him? Mm-mm. Not at all. Do you? I just... um, On one hand, I don't understand what the point is in coming out and saying we're not trading him. Other than reinforcing the entire idea that what we can't get is what we want the most, right? Um, and and the, the the lack of availability is almost going to drive interest even more. But I, I can't even see where interest needs to be driven because, yeah, he's two guys in one. Um, and, and if nothing else, if I'm an organization, I want to understand through conversations who exactly teams like and who they don't and who they're willing to give up and who they're not because – Trade conversations right now may not bear fruit, but trade conversations in July, if the Angels stink again and don't want to lose Otani for nothing. Um, the, the only logical point, I think, there is that the Angels are being sold right now. And maybe the favorite for the new owner has said, don't trade Otani, I want to try and sign him. Mm. But... Uh, it, at this point, uh, it reminds me a little bit of Juan Soto. If you recall, a month before trading him, Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the Nationals, said, we are not trading Juan Soto. So uh, I, I take everything when it comes to that uh, at face value. And uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, as, as much as it would make my winter selfishly much easier not having to chase down every Shohei Otani rumor, uh, I, I don't buy it right now. Yeah, well, it sounds to me like you don't. Perry doesn't want to be the guy that screws up the the only guy that you don't know how to trade for. Like, what, what, what would you possibly know would be enough? That's the thing for me. Every time you talk about him, how do you know enough? Is it six dudes? Is it eight dudes? Is it ten? Dudes? Is it a team? I, I, you know. Yeah, and and by the way, this is for one year. He's going to be a free agent next year, and he's yeah. going to want if he if he if he continues to play the way that he played the last two seasons, he's going to want ten years at fifty million a year. Jeez. Yeah. I would. <laughs> sure. I certainly would. And he might. You know what? He might be. This may be baseball's version of LeBron James, that regardless of now, not LeBron James now, but 
10 years ago, five years ago, whatever LeBron James is making, he was undervalued. I mean, he just yes. was. And this may be, that may be the guy that whatever he's making, as obscene as we may think it is, still going to be undervalued. That's remarkable. Yeah, the question the question for Otani at this point is not whether he can do it. It's kind, of, it's kind of clear right now that he can do it. It's how long is he going to be able to do it for until his body says you can't do this anymore. Mm. I mean, he's, he's still a couple he's still a couple of years shy of thirty, so he's got some time. But it's uh, oh boy, like what he does every year, it is an incredibly difficult thing mentally and physically. Uh, emotionally to do to try and be the the best baseball player in the world uh, which right now he is so uh you know he's fulfilling that and has done so two straight years but staying healthy man that's that is hard i'm gonna ask you this about shohei otani as well and we'll move we'll move on after this but you're right he's he's not yet 30 at the age of 33 is he a pitcher is he a hitter or is he still trying to do both? That This is the one part of the equation that I, I don't know how you – yeah, I don't I don't even know how you game plan that out. Uh, what if he, if he has an arm injury at some point? Clearly he isn't – you know, the the, 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 uh, the weight would fall on the position player side. Um, I don't even know how you do that. Like, do you just look at this guy and value him and go, hey, at 33, maybe he is still doing both things? You have to, right? Because he's sure going to. I mean, that's it. How you get him is by aligning your thoughts with him. If you go to Shohei Otani and say, hey, we love your bat, but we think long-term it's pitcher. Or, hey, we, we understand how good of a pitcher you are. But ultimately, we see you as a hitter. No, teams tried that once during the recruitment. It didn't work. Like, the Angels were extraordinarily committed to letting him try the two-way thing, and they were smart to have done so. So I, I don't think that Otani is going to be hitting free agency with anything less than the idea that for the entirety of the contract, whatever contract he signs, he's going to be pitching and hitting. Which which name would surprise you more that's not in, on a New York team, Judge or DeGrom? DeGrom, I, I I still think, you know, there's just all kinds of chatter about, oh, Judge doesn't want to come back to the Yankees. I, I don't know if I buy that. I, I don't think that Aaron Judge is a disingenuous person. And he said, I want to be with the Yankees enough times that I, I think there's some truth to it. Uh DeGrom's not been quite as convicted in his I want to stay with the Mets. And uh, I, I don't know that DeGrom's going to have a, a bigger group of teams looking to sign him necessarily, but I think there are some natural fits elsewhere that make a little more sense, particularly Texas. Like that's, that's the team that last offseason went in and said they were going to spend and – spent like $500 million before December 1st. And and granted, the, the lockout was happening then, so there was an impetus behind that, and maybe the market takes different twists of turns this year, and uh, DeGrom winds up getting squeezed and, and going back to New York. But 
I, I just think that Judge makes a lot more sense with the Yankees than DeGrom does with the Mets. We know that the there will be shift restrictions next year, and also the pitch clock will mm-hmm. be will be in effect. Now, you know, we talked to Shy about some of the Jays thinking about this, and we know from talking to Ross Atkins that the Jays have essentially said, okay, let's look at some contact charts. This is where the ball went against the shift. Okay, if it's shiftless, you know, does that mean mm-hmm. this hitter is going to have more hits? It's Obviously, it's going to impact the way you judge pitching as well, I think. I mean, how complicated? How much? How much is that going to test individual teams' analytic department, Jeff? Because this seems to me that this is going to have to be a real focus for everybody. Because essentially, you're you may be you may be there may be guys who are going to instantly be better hitters next year just because they're not going to be hitting yeah. in the three or four fielders. Yeah, it's it's going to test their crystal balls, if nothing else. Um, you know what what sort of here's the thing we can we can sit here and talk about how getting rid of the shift is going to take us back to a different era of baseball. But in that different era of baseball, the second baseman was positioned between um, you know first and second base. The shortstop right. was positioned between second and third base. Even though there are shift restrictions in place you're still going to see the second baseman moving over against right-handed pull hitters. You're still going to see the shortstop moving over against left-handed pull hitters. So the idea that there is going to be an enormous change here, I don't, I don't know that the base hit up the middle is necessarily going to be making a comeback. I, I think what you'll see is some more singles from left-handed hitters, um, who got robbed by the the short right fielder. So I think that's definitely going to be more of a thing, but is it going to be a huge effect on the game? Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm in denial, but I don't think it's going to be that much different. And uh, to to me, the, the much greater effect is going to be the pitch clock. I mean, the pitch clock is just watch a playoff game guys. um, And, see how long, especially relief pitchers, are holding on to the ball. Or even a guy like Framber Valdez, who like squats with the ball before uh, or, or as he's receiving the signal from the catcher. Um, I think they're going to be the ones who are tested when that clock is counting. And from the time you get the ball back, you got 15 seconds to start your delivery. That's quick. Like, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. And I think for the first month of the season – uh, it's really going to be in pitchers' heads, and then they'll get used to it because, you know, that's that's what we are. We're human beings. We get used to change, and they'll understand there will there will be a game that is lost for one reason or another because a guy didn't get a pitch off on time, and there'll be complaints. And in the end, Major League Baseball will say uh, the pitch timers helps contribute to a uh, a game time. Uh, 18 or to 20 minutes shorter this season, uh, we're standing by it, and pitchers will understand. Yeah, this isn't going away. Last one before we let you go. Big one of the big name guys. Give it to me that would not surprise you. That would be a J in spring training of 2023. Ooh. A big name guy. Um, you can pick none of the above. Yeah, are they going to spend? 
Like I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to completely belittle your listeners and texters. Only mildly. Um, Jays aren't going to be going out and getting to a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll this offseason, guys. And that is what it would take to fulfill some of your offseason wish lists. Uh, this team's running it back, right? I'm not. I'm not off when I suggest that. Mm, yeah. No, I think that there's. Uh, it, unless a trade falls into their lap, or should not falls into their yeah, lap, unless I, a trade materializes. You know, let I'm me. With let you. me. I don't think there'll be a big I, I, this, name free agent here. This is this is just me completely spitballing. But if you're Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, do you go to Cleveland? offer Gabby Moreno and try and get Shane Bieber. Yeah, I do. <laughs> How's that for an answer? I think that's 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 uh that's one of the guys the teams are going to focus on. Mr. Passan, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your time this year. We'll be uh in touch in the off season and, and enjoy the off season as much as you get one anyhow. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you guys and uh, all the great baseball talk you have. And uh, I'm, I'm jealous of it because we don't have shows like this here in the States. And your listeners are very lucky to have you guys. So I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. Thank appreciate you very that. much, Jeff. Appreciate Thanks a lot. your time. Jeff Passon of ESPN. Hey, that is it for us, for Blair and Barker this year. You can follow us on podcast, rate, review, subscribe. We'll keep you up to date about when we are going to put our podcast on the air. Want to thank Lance Kennedy. Want to thank Mark Boffo. Want to thank Jen Rolnick on the TV side for working with us this year. And mostly we want to thank you, the listeners, you, the texters, you, the DMers. Mr. Barker, I want to thank you for putting up with me. Oh. Have yourself a great off season.